I want to welcome you to this very exciting episode of Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. Again, sitting here with just an amazing woman. Her name is Akanisi Tarumbi. She is married to a Methodist church minister, but she is an amazing leader in her own right. Works for House of Sarah, um, helping train particularly churches, pastors, leaders around a gender equality. So welcome, Akanisi. Bulavinaka Leticia, and thank you for today. You are an amazing woman yourself. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet with you. We've sat here for the last hour talking and got so energised and I've remembered, oh, we need to do an interview. But just tell us a little bit more of your role with House of Sarah. Maybe tell us who House of Sarah is because not everyone knows. Um, and then what's your role? I'm a trainer with the House of Sarah and the House of Sarah is an NGO that uh, works to stop violence against women in the communities and... Um, so I work as a trainer. I'm not there as a full-time worker, but there are people who work there full-time going to the community. And I'm part of a team that, um, that works, that trains people in the community. So you go out to villages, um, community. Just, do people invite you or how do you get to do this training? Yes, people uh, give an expression of interest to the House of Sarah um, that they would like our package, our training package, and they'd like to know uh, how to stop violence against women in the community. So, yes, we do go to the communities, uh, especially to the church, because our approach is biblically based. It's not um, totally all human rights. We are, uh, we, we, we teach, what does God say about violence? And, vi and, and the message is, violence is a sin. That's the message we take. I mean, the Bible is the most freeing handbook in the world. Jesus was the greatest liberator, especially towards women. Um, and so, yeah, I think unless we address it from a biblical point of view, we're probably not going to get too far. Um, and most of Fiji, they understand God or they attend church more than half of the nation does. So it's a great thing that you're doing. Now, we're going to have a conversation particularly about how you address these cultural issues um, because it would seem that the culture and a lot of what you've grown up in is perpetuating um, the violence and the gender inequality. Uh, and, I mean, as we know, it's not just women who have been victims. Uh, four out of five children are abused. A lot of boys are raped um, as well. So, But just tell us, what are the, some of the main cultural issues that you're addressing in your teaching? One of the things that I am aware of, um, because I wrote this curriculum, eh? the training for the House of Sarah, and so I do the training myself. One of the things that I am aware of, first and foremost, is um, um, culture is something that we bring our values from. We base, we, this is our, our value source. So, but not everything there is valuable. Some things need to change. So, what we, what we think about or work around is which ones are harmful. And those are not useful. We need to, you know, to delete that or to take that away from our culture because they don't represent what God wants in his creation. So that um, so some of the things that I do is um, challenging 
other people that we train and to really look at the cultural expectations and the cultural norms and to um, tell people hey this one is not useful because it's making women cry children cry there's no joy in this there's no God in this uh, we don't need it and uh, usually for many people because you know like all culture all cultures we we tend to think it cannot be changed but one of the things that I that we bring forth in the house of Sarah is to look at culture as something that we ourselves create human beings create not created by God this is our own way of dealing with how do we survive in our communities in our society so we create cultures as guidelines to the way we behave so if we create this we can also change this we are the ones that we can change this Yes. Yes, I love that. It can be changed because some of these practices have been around for ever and our forefathers did them and so we think they've got to keep going and I love that you look at what parts of culture are not creating joy. Because when I think of Fijians, they're naturally very happy and last week I was down at all the Mekis at ACS, that creates, that's a beautiful part of your culture that creates great joy and fun. But then there's other parts and unfortunately also we're using the word of God <laughs> to uh, keep those wrong cultural places. So tell us how from a biblical point of view, especially from Genesis 1, how you're probably um, particularly addressing the male um, as the man in charge. Tell us how you're confronting that culture. One of the things that we, um, we do is that uh, Trying to change culture on, it, on its own here in Fiji is, is very difficult. But when we look at it, a lot of what we say is our culture is rooted in the way we interpret the Bible. Uh, and it comes from a very um, male-dominant viewpoint. Uh, there's no balance. And when you look at Genesis 1, um, everything about Genesis 1 from 26 to 28 to me was really mind-blowing when I sat with my husband before we did, you know, before I wrote this down. We sat with my husband studying this and then I saw that in the, in the Fijian language it, is say, it says, let us create tamata. Tamata, which in English is translated as, is, is written as men, let us create men in our, our own um, image. But I know that there are some versions, English versions, that use humankind, which is so much better. But Tamata, it, it, it's not saying let us create Tangane or let us create Yalewa, it's saying let us create Tamata. So this is both men and women. And throughout, from 26 to 28, God blessed them both, blessed this male and female. The binary appears in 27, I think, am I right? 27, 28, and, and it says, let us create male and female. I mean, let us, I mean, God just said, blessing men, blessing female and, and, and male. And the blessedness which we use to borrow um, someone's... Um, idea it's it's blessed alliance it's the it's this fellowship this relationship between men and women female and male that god blessed so bless them to lewa to have authority to have dominion over so it was not just one gender 
not just a male, not just a female being blessed, but to both of them. God gave them these, um, this gifts, you know, gift for them to take his image, be his image bearers wherever they are, and, you know, relationship with the environment, with each other. And to me, that was mind-blowing for me as a, a non, you know, I, I didn't go to theological school. But it opened my eyes to see that this was a really just God who blessed, blessed them both, female and male. Yeah, yeah equally. And, man, when you look uh, around even countries where men and women are looked at equally, um, or even committees... Um, things go a lot better when we're working together in in that blessedness, in that equal harmony, because we both bring something different of Jesus to the table. So if wherever we just have a group of men, they're missing out on half of Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, so, so important. How, what is the response? Because I know, again, you're upsetting um, some of the hierarchical positions when you're speaking um, into this. What is some of the response that you receive from particularly the men? Um, I remember one of the trainings we did, I was, because usually I, I do the gender bit because of my background um, and Taltala, my husband and uh, Reverend Amy Chambers, they do the, the theological bit. So in my bit, I know I was, I was saying that there needs to be a change in our language. We can start with our language. And one of the things that we do in uh, the Fijian culture, in the Toki culture, is, you know, how we, when we give... Um, you know, during weddings, uh, we call the taunaki eh? to, to 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 say, "Here we are." You know, we are parting with our um, our girl. Uh, please look after her. But one of the things, that, you know, the typical things that that arise or is said is, "Please, here is our our takitakiniwai." You know, literally trans translated would say, here is our, our water fetcher. Um, here is our cook. And, and to me, you know, like one of the things that I put forth as something that we can challenge, or something we can uh, change, is to change the language. Because it kind of limits and... Uh, uh, keeps women kind of in, in, in a box that this is all you are but you're much more than what God blessed you with at the, at the beginning you know and so I said you know we can change this we can use some of those words here is our woman our, our girl coming to you blessed by God to you know to have fellowship with your community, with your people, with the, the new family, and please look after her like we did. You know, things like that can go a long way. And there's another, um, that is just one example. Sometimes, uh, I remember in this particular training, um, a gentleman said, but what is wrong with being a, being a, a, a water fetcher? And I, said, and I said, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually good. And I said, have you talked, have you asked any woman about that, whether she liked being called a water fetcher? Or a... And she said, and he said, no, I haven't, but it's okay. See, this is, this is the problem. We haven't really asked the people who these statements are directed at or to, to know if, they, if there's joy in that kind of... Um, it keeps women... Um, being, um, what shall we say, belittled? It, it's kind of a, a belittling statement. 
a lot of people may not agree with me in that, but these are some of the things that perpetuate, that keeps women, um, you know, uh, there, there are other things like, um, uh, you are here just to come and wash my clothes. You were brought here or some, some other things that, uh, that happen is that, remember, my family, when they came to, um, to ask for your hand, we brought in 10 tambua. Remember that. But is that all your worth is? You are much more than that. Uh, and so let's stop. And, and these are sometimes people in the church, um, you know, who actually, who actually say those kind of things. And uh, it's really um, changing a mindset that um, sees women as your equal. That's what you're trying to do through yes. the language, um, because she's an equal. She's carrying the image of Jesus equally to the men. Um, and in fact, even when you then flip over to Ephesians 5, um, God actually gives men a greater responsibility. They, all the men love to quote that they're the head of the home, but what is the teaching around being the head? What does that, how does that turn the Fijian culture upside down? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just give you uh, an example of what happens at home. Um, and one day my husband, because my husband being the head of the home, He's always, uh, like many Fijian men, he has the entitlement of eating the fish head. And in Fijian culture, the fish head is the most esteemed, so to speak, or the best part of the fish. Um, I know in your culture it's probably not. <laughs> but, and, then, and then he said, told me one day, look, from today onwards, I will, I will not be given the head of the fish. And, so, and, I, and I said, okay. So what's happening? Let's give it to our youngest. Let's give it to our youngest. And being the youngest, our youngest, you know, has always been, he's the last to be considered in whatever. But that day was a really transforming day for our family. From that day, which I said, oh, that's really good. So from that day up until today, as we talk, the fish head goes to, if there's a feast in the home, there's Sunday lunch, the fish head goes to the youngest. And he knows, everyone knows at home. And when we talked about it, I said, from now on, the fish head goes to the youngest. It, it just goes to, um, to show, and it has worked well, and it has opened the eyes of other people, that you can, you can make little changes like that, or big changes, so to speak, because this is really a kind of... Um, a big thing in the Fijian culture. It has not changed his position as the head of the home or as a talatala. In fact, it's made him a stronger person, well respected in our own home uh, for him to be able to do that. So really essentially, we have um, used that word head. We always think the head's on top, but in God's economy, uh, the, the greatest is the least. He came in on a donkey. Um, you know, being the head means you get to serve and sacrifice. You take away your right to have the fish head <laughs> to give to others. Um, I mean, this, this would really turn your nation upside down. If, um, why don't churches preach this? I, th I think there's a lot of fear. One... Um, uh, I'm talking about my church. It would, um, it's, there's a lot of males 
who are heads of, of the church. And, you know, nothing wrong with that when you are head. But when there is an imbalance, when there are not many women there, there is, to me, that is a, a, a very big challenge. We, we need women as leaders too in the church uh, who can give that balance of... Um, uh, thinking attitudes, and one of the I think one of the things is that when we when we don't teach that in the church, it um, maybe because of fear that there is something if if people start to change the power I think it it has to do with power being the fear of power being taken away from the from them there is there is no power taken away in fact there, there is a blessedness in that. Uh, and I, I, and I know, like um, our cultures, many of the things that we do, we have been doing, like I said, over many, many years. And if you ask, and why are we doing this? And they say, we've always been doing this. There's no real reasoning to it. It's just because it has been passed down. No one has questioned why this has been done. But when we really take a closer look and analyze things, I think uh, people are afraid if power is taken away from them if we start taking this. But the, um, I think it's a false kind of um, expectations or fear. It's so ironic because we are followers of Jesus and we all want to be like him and he is the one who had the ultimate power. But none of it came through demanding, insisting, controlling. It was when you look at Jesus, he walked around laying down his life, serving, washing feet, listening to the woman at the well. Um, and so where, where, where did we get that power was all about being in charge and having the key to the church and having the seat up on the stage? Where did that come from? Yeah, where did that come from? Um, one of the things that uh, that we te- we with we will look at uh, is patriarchy. It's a system. It's a social system. When we think about it like that, and uh, and 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 I like what you said at the beginning about redeeming patriarchy. It kind of shocked me uh, because I was talking about dismantling patriarchy, and so I really like. When, when you explained redeeming patriarchy, that was really new. And I said, yes, that's correct. Let's, let's redeem what God, the patriarchy that God initiated and created. I want that one. Because if you dismantle patriarchy, then you might as well dismantle matriarchy. Um, but uh, that's the wrong thing to do. It is about redeeming. I, I really like that, what, what you uh, said earlier. So let's redeem patriarchy and let's redeem matriarchy. Um, we went wrong, I think, because we want power more. We want, um, we want uh, to be seen, to be known, to be in control. And uh, in the process, we lose sight of what Jesus did and came to do what God in, uh, made right at the beginning. Mm. Yep, we forget. Uh, the greatest of these is the least, isn't it? <laughs> to think of the others as more important as ourselves. And that is for us pastors. I understand that there's a place to honour and respect our pastors, but 
Part, for me, myself, like my job is to serve and lay down my life for those I'm leading uh, and love. That's where the true power is. That's why we need men and women together because unfortunately, I hate to say it, men, your propensity is towards egoism. <laughs> uh, egoism and, um, yes, uh, we want to look good. I, I, I always tell the people... Um, every every boy is trying to prove himself. Every girl is trying to find love. Every boy is trying to prove himself. And so that's where we get in trouble. But let's talk about the women a little bit because sometimes we're our greatest enemies as well um, here in Fiji. What do women do that perpetuate this um, imbalance? You know, what do we need to break? Um, I think many women are afraid too to upset the status quo. Um, I remember when we were doing training somewhere, um, and, and, and then we would, were doing Genesis 1, 26 to 28, and one of the questions, I think it was the very first question, was, uh, what is the role? What is the role given to women and men in this? And, and there was, that question was intentional, just to see, I think I was cunning there, just to see you know, how caught up we are in the traditions and the cultural things that we term as our role. And then in one group, they just wrote down, women should be cooks, should be, um, you know, all the things. And men should be gardeners, should have this, this, and this. But there was nothing like that in Genesis 1 and 20, 26 to 28. And then, you know, it's not only in that group, in many groups that we go to, this is the, what they get caught on. Because of the word role, they start to think of traditional cultural roles. And, and some of these things people think uh, cannot be changed, cannot be, you know, you don't have to be that. And one of, one of the things I think about Leticia is um, how, you know, when it comes to feeding ourselves, I think everyone should know how to how to prepare food, how to cut the bread, how to boil an egg, how to, you know, because that is the first basic, you know, need that our other, and, and so men and women should both know how to cook, not just one particular, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my mum does most of the cooking because my dad's not a very good cook, <laughs> but um, he can get in the kitchen if he needs to, but he serves in so many other ways. I had an incident uh, where I attended a church that I know really well and they might be listening to this and they know I love them but every time I go there after church it's always the male pastors sitting getting fed and served by the women and then the women are over on the floor eating and I've addressed it a few times with them and they agree and go yes 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 but last time I turned up and it's the same thing I actually stood there and said where are the women? <laughs> Why aren't? Where are your wives? Why aren't they at least? It shouldn't just be the pastors and us white people at the table. Like this is, and I actually just ate really fast because I wanted to get off that table because I can't stand it. I hate it. And I went in the kitchen with the women, and they said, "What are you doing? Is everything okay, Pastor?" I said, "I don't want to sit with the pastors." And I've told them they need the women at the table, and these women in the kitchen said, "Thank you, thank you for saying that." But how do we get our women to actually begin to use their voice and go, why aren't we allowed to sit at the table? Yeah, and, and, and being the last to eat. You, you keep on serving and being the last to eat. Um, 
And a lot of these things, um, we really need to, like for example, when we need um, women's gr women to be in this particular training, but they cannot. You'll only see the men, because the women are there in the kitchen doing the. And that's one of the things that you know, like what you said. And 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 sometimes I go back to the question that you asked before. I, I don't think I answered that well, because sometimes we women, we ourselves, we. We, we, we make it or we perpetuate this kind of um, attitude and we pull down anyone who wants to make a disruptive call for a disruptive voice. We pull those women down and said, you know, you're supposed to be silent because the Bible says so. Excuse me, let's relook at the verse that you got that particular thing from. And uh, look at the context at which it was said. So, in, in many ways, and sometimes when women reach the top somewhere, they want to be the only one who remain there. You know, it becomes a contested space. Hey, let's love one another as women. Let's support each other. Let's move together and disrupt, you know, um, have disruptive voices. Not, not for the sake of disrupting, but to get the God's justice through, to get the, um, go away with injustice, let the joy come through, let the fairness, that fairness where people can really enjoy life and be free, not just to be free to do anything, you know, but to be free in Jesus Christ, to really enjoy. Um, and don't get me wrong um, here, Leticia, I'm all for culture, it has a place, the norms, but I want people to know that those norms were created by us, those unwritten rules were created by us. And if some are harmful, hey, let's change that so that we bring forth what God wants. And uh, for women, let us not be afraid. Um, there are many women who are, and girls who are being raped, babies and boys, little boys and, and men being raped um, because, and that's violence because we have remained silent. We haven't challenged what's supposed to be challenged. Uh, we need to do more of that. Do you find that, um, and I think a big reason, and I find this a lot with uh, women in Fiji, they want to speak up, but they're afraid. Like, they're aware that Uncle Johnny has abused, you know, seven kids in the village, but he's really, he's an elder and he's really important, so I can't speak up against him <laughs> um, because of our place and our culture, and it's... I mean, as I said to someone last week, are we waiting for five out of five children to get abused? Like, is it okay to be unpopular for a good message? I don't think it's okay to be unpopular. You know, it's, uh, it's okay to be unpopular for a good reason. It's not okay to be silent uh, for things that happen. to. S and, and there are many people, especially if rape has occurred, you know, the cross-sectionality in our society, where some are poor and women, uh, uneducated, and they are silent for the reason like, I cannot speak because of the, you know, the social status, because of, of all that. But, and there are also women who are educated, who are, um, you know, but things are happening in their homes, but they cannot speak because of family honor. What is family honor in relation to, compared to what this particular victim is going to through for the rest of his life? The psychosocial and spiritual issues 
And, and what does that say about the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ? Is it okay to be silent? You know, I, I really like, I'm, I'm watching this, uh, The Chosen. And I really like, I mean, I've always liked, I wrote that in my, when I did my master's thesis. I wrote about how Jesus um, elevated women's status and included them in his ministry. And I really like that, that Jesus. And I want that to be part of my culture where women are uplifted and they are honored. They are given that space that you matter. And, 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 and um, I also watched, uh, I don't know whether you watched Downton Abbey. Okay, it's an English uh, TV series. I, I've, I've got the whole lot of discs and I keep on watching. And, because one of the things that interested me was the, was the social thing. Uh, back in 1912. And a lot of that is very much like my culture. You know, how women were treated, how the slaves were treated. They need to come from the back door, don't come from the front door. And that's a very Fijian culture. You know, especially if you're a woman, your door is at the back, or a Vulangi, your door is the back door, not the front door. Now, and, and those kind of social demarcation in, you know, that defines who you are and which dawn, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's very un-Jesus. And, and a lot of that came from that culture. It wasn't ours. We borrowed that when the missionaries and the colonizers came, the colonial administrators came to Fiji. And we are stuck with many of those things. You know, when I, when I saw Downton Abbey and I said, wow, so this is where we got all this culture, that one, that one, this ritual, that, gosh, that wasn't us. So I said, I'm not afraid to change this. Good, so you can blame us, white people. <laughs> blame us, and that's why I'm back, and let's change it together. Let's change it. Anything that doesn't represent the kingdom of God has got to go, and it will bring. we don't need to be afraid of that because it will bring joy and health and peace, and it will deal with these structures that have kept us oppressed. So, look, our time is up, uh, Akanisi, but just, you know, give us a few words as we leave uh, give us a challenge to how we can actually confront and change some of this culture. Firstly, uh, know your Bible. Know Jesus. You know who he really was and is. You know, and the other thing is uh, not to be afraid to make this and, and just to know that this culture, we created this culture ourselves and don't be afraid to change the things that don't bring, that don't, you cannot see God in. You, 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 to me, it's quite safe to change that. Let's bring the, the joy in the lives of women and men who've been boxed in because of the cultural expectations and, um, yeah. And, and uh, let's really be honest with um, who we are in Jesus Christ. And be bold to the church leaders, to those that... I'm, I'm a preacher in the Methodist Church. You know, let's preach this, the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings forth and ushers his kingdom into the lives of everyone. To love, to die for your family, to die for your wife, to die for like Christ died for the church. I think that's where we need to, to begin and to move towards. Yes, thank you. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to meet you and chat with you and keep going with your great work.
I see your suffering. I see the pain beneath that bowl of smile. Come out from hiding. The sun is rising. Let the islands hear reason. Let 